Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. everybody hello and welcome to this week's episode of got your ears on guido here along with scoot and johnson we are one week closer to football guido how sweet is that it is so sweet i can't wait it's uh it's needed much needed return to football and we're going to talk next week a lot about our preseason predictions and our trip to college park where we'll try to stay safe and not get mugged as we play the maryland terrapins uh for those of you that have been there you know what that's like at college park a little sketchy um but what we're going to talk about this week guys is the continuation of the craziness of conference realignment or whatever is kind of happening with the announcement or the soon-to-be announcement this week of the pac-12 the ACC and the Big Ten joining together in an alliance, like it's uh, right. like they're they're like I don't know, are they on Survivor? Is that what this is? They have an alliance. <laughs> like, it's like uh, Big Brother. It is. It is kind of like some sort of like reality television show right now with these conferences and and uh, you know I I think. Uh, Johnson, I'll go to you first because I think your first reaction to that announcement or the soon-to-be announcement about this alliance between these three conferences was you weren't happy about it. You think it's bad news for WVU. Yeah, well, I think first, even before I say that, don't you think it's weird that it was like on the heels of, I think, remember the chatter here recently about the Pac-12 and the Big 12 might be looking to do some discussion and then it was like on the heels it was on of that it felt like uh no actually they're gonna turn 180 and talk to these other conferences about an alliance so as as someone who was already feeling uh scoot i'm kind of a negative nancy on this right now like as skeptical someone who was i yeah skeptical of pessimistic motivation for the acc to want to um add more teams to the table as someone who was already skeptical of that guido this felt this news feels like it's it's closing that window even farther if not if not all the way to me now again i'm being pessimistic but that was my initial reaction like "Mm, this this doesn't feel good if you're a wvu fan do you think scooty that this is like a sign that somebody somewhere knows that the sec is not done making moves and gobbling up schools so by making this alliance those three conferences are trying to protect their institutions within their conferences and that somebody out there is going hey listen the sec is not done they're going to keep taking schools so you guys better come up with something and maybe this is to offset numbers wise what the sec eventually ends up perhaps i don't know um i was talking to johnson in between shows and he and I both kind of thought, well, maybe is this uh, a sign that maybe WVU partners or, or is included with some other schools in a push to go to the SEC? And, and maybe that's part of the reason, because I, I don't know if you guys get this feeling, but I get the feeling that Shane Lyons and, and Gordon Gee uh, don't seem to be very nervous about any of this. They seem to be very cool, calm, and collected, and that makes me feel like maybe they've been given an indication one way or the other that WVU land pretty safely, but they're, well, they don't, how they don't crazy like would it be to start this conversation? At, so at least speaking for myself, how crazy would it be to start out this process thinking, 
well, there's no way we're ever getting up to the big dog table with the SEC. So can we just please get in the ACC? And the more this evolves and the more that you and Scoot have been talking like on the text machine and kind of bringing this idea up of, well, you know, maybe the SEC doesn't have these so-called, you know, pointings to academic hangups that these, you know, the other conferences have. And how crazy is it that now I start to feel like, yeah, you know what, that's not such a crazy idea that if the SEC expands, we're sort of in the footprint. It wouldn't be out of the realm. I mean, as why not? All of this other stuff feels super crazy. It now actually feels like that's in the realm of possibility. I could see that. Well, I think if you look at SEC is about competition they're about especially football obviously basketball they care more about that product than they do anything else right they're not as worried about academic standing they're not as worried about even where the school is you know region wise or proximity i don't think they care as much about that wvu if you think about it is probably one of the more attractive you know free agents out there because of the competition level, because of the fan base, the following, and all of that, the WVU will bring to the SEC. Sure. The the rabid fandom that WVU has, I think, is on brand and on par with the SEC. Yeah, and let me just—I just want to say too, don't get it. Don't let me, you know, don't take me the wrong way. Don't get it twisted that I think we're not up to par on academics or there's a huge discussion. Right. I'm just saying it's the more we've talked about it amongst the three of us, I start to feel like, yeah, you know what? When we talk about SEC teams, we don't have these weird pretentious discussions around hangups on potential academics. So I, well, I, you scoot, you're starting to, to convince me. Yeah. I mean that, that actually feels like it could, it could be in the realm of possibility. Well, and, and to Scooty's point, I think that the fact that Shane Lyons is, he sounds very not concerned about it. I mean, he did a he did a little press thing last week with WVUSports.com, and he you know actually said he goes we have when they when he was asked about the whole thing and what's going to happen to WVU, he says we have time. It's it's not a matter of realignment and when it's going to happen, and we don't have to like scurry quickly. He goes we have time to to source this out. So it makes me feel like he's on the inside. You know, I think that we've got you know. As opposed to last time when this all happened, it was very quick. It was very, we had to find a place. You know, we had to jump on with the Big 12 because that was our lifeline. If not, we would be in, you know, the AAC or the Conference USA. And so I don't think this time is is as much of a concern. And I think that's because, you know, you take this, this group of three conferences, that's 41 schools, give or take, Notre Dame, um, you know, you look at now what the SEC is going to do, and I think the SEC is going to start coming back to some of those other Big Ten or Big Twelve schools and say, "Hey TCU, hey WVU, you know, what are you guys doing? You want to come over?" And uh, hey, ba- hey Baylor, what are you doing? You know, when the SEC looks at forty-one schools versus their what is it going to be sixteen, eighteen, they're probably yeah. thinking, you know what? All right, pretty much it's forty-one against us. We're going to start gobbling up some of these other, you know, Oklahoma states and, and colleges that are. Um, you know, within that makes sense, I guess, is what I should the colleges that make sense. Now, back to the academics, uh, Johnson and I, uh, I would argue, uh, would say that WVU is a prestigious university since we both have degrees from there. We would uh, say that if, yeah, I mean, if we have degrees from there, the academics must be strong. Hello, 
Right. Or they let anybody in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we might not be um, what they're looking at when they talk but about. Don't you, but don't you think, I guess before we leave that thought though, I guess Guido, that's a, you make a good point because I think we and just WVU fans in general, you know, and, and college football fans in general, you were, you know, we're, uh, we're fervently following the Insta tweets and the mm-hmm. Twitter grams, you know, and we get lathered up and everything feels like it's moving at 90 miles per hour, you know, in the news cycle. And in reality, this could take, you know, what, three, four, five, five years. years, you know, I mean, it could take yeah. multiple seasons and, you know, we don't think of it that way, but it certainly could. And then secondly, I guess I didn't really prep you guys at the top of the show for this, but a thought that occurs to me as we continue to talk about this is if, if, if we do sort of, sort of form these like, sec versus the world you know and then and then these other conferences you know like you started off guido you know we're talking about these scheduling alliances and things and we sort of form these two groups of of you know two opposing forces then i start to wonder and i i just ask this as an open question because i'm not really sure that i've decided yet what does what does football look like at that point? And does the NCAA exist and, and does the NCAA exist, but it's in these two factions or like what, this is going to be weird, isn't it? It's going to be like this evolving thing. We've been going through this, this stuff now, what, what Texas and Oklahoma announced what mid July. So we're a month into, into all of this. Right. Right. Has, has anybody has, have you guys read an article or heard anything from Mark Emmert? Like, has there been anything yeah, Nothing. I mean, now that you say that, it's it certainly <laughs> hasn't been popping up. Obvious, I, at least. I don't think the NCAA is. I think the NCAA is in trouble. I feel bad for, to be honest with you, I feel bad for Division two colleges the most because I think in all of this with the NCAA looking bad, Division two schools have the most to lose. You know, s- small schools offering scholarships. You know, Division three doesn't matter because Division three is non scholarship. I think, you know, whatever S- FCS or whatever they're called now, you know, 1AA, as I still call them, they'll be fine. <laughs> I think they have a big enough following uh, and big enough programs that it's it's Division two that gets hurt when the NCAA folds, you know, and I think that's the, I, I don't think you're wrong, Johnson. I think that's the track that we're we're heading because I think this whatever this alignment's going to be called between those the three big conferences and whatever the SEC does it starts to render the NCAA very irrelevant. Yeah, and something else scoot that I wanted to pose your way. I had an interesting um on the on the text machine the other day. You're familiar with cousin Tyler? Yes, yes. Yeah, well he sent me friend an of the uh, show, interesting cousin friend of the, friend of the show cousin Tyler. He sent me show, yeah. He sent me an interesting uh text the other day on the old text machine and he said won't it be interesting when, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but he it was something to the effect of this. This is going to be interesting when college football goes the way of a sort of league affiliation, sort of like a pseudo NFL. And right. does it pull kids out of high school early because they're offered incentives to go ahead and you know enroll at a, at a university and go ahead and make uh, name and likeness money and incentives and things. And I started thinking like, wow, this, yeah, this could really, this could really reach down into making even high school decisions, even weird, you know, or at least not weird is not the right word, but evolve that to a place that we haven't seen it yet. Well, what I think you'll see is that five-star talent. Those are the guys that go, they, maybe they leave school early. They work out their schedule in a way that can send them into uh, college a semester, a year early. Uh, I think of, I know he's not five-star, but the 
James Aconquo, who joined WV or yeah, WVU basketball. Basketball, yep. He reclassified as a a guy that so he can get there early and he's gonna redshirt a year. So basically he's gonna do uh what would be like a senior year or a post grad year on campus practicing with you know right. the, the big dogs with Gabe right. Osaboyan and, and some of those guys. So I think you're gonna see some of that. I don't know that it affects the kids that are three or four star or even two star. I think those guys need that high school year. But what'll happen is some of those guys might start to look better than the than they would have because some of that high end talent's gonna already be gone. But doesn't it feel I, I totally agree. And I think that yeah, you that's that's a great way to put it. And I think it just made me think of you know how that process we go through now at the college level where guys are sort of flirting with going to the pros, it would seem like guys are trying to work out ways to go ahead and hit the, you know, early, early out of high school, like you're saying to the college level. So it's just, it's just going to be weird. I guess we're going to witness all of this in real time, but it's just going to be weird to watch this evolve. Now, this is something we've not talked about at all, but I, why not bring it up now? Um, Why not? So Guido is of the mindset, correct me if I'm wrong, that perhaps the SEC reaching out and grabbing a couple of schools could be the onset of the NCAA either going away or becoming something totally different, correct? Right. Correct. Yeah, okay. Yes, that's absolutely correct. So the NCAA, of course, does have some rules that colleges abide by which would mean that this SEC conglomeration would have to draft up rules that th- maybe they're not even prepared to draft up. One of those rules, of course, being that um, you're not eligible for the NFL draft, and part of it's in conjunction with the NFL, until three years after high school graduation, correct? Right. Correct. So if the SEC becomes its own thing and there's no NCAA, does that rule change? Because if that rule changes, then you've got something totally crazy going on because you could have now, granted, everyone tells you football, you need the years to mature because the guys you're playing against at the NFL level are grown men. Uh, You know, a grown man versus an 18-year-old kid would be a major disadvantage for the kid. But could you see a, a thing, you know, a situation where maybe they reduce that number? And then it all of a sudden becomes a, you know, I don't know, a kind of a, for me, almost like a, a G League for the NFL. I, I don't think you're far off from the direction that it's going to take. And I think that it is possible. And I, I, I do think the one thing that will make it hard for the NCAA to go away is the, the rules committee, is the control. Because conferences already control their officiating, right? So conferences are in charge of their officials. Uh, conferences are in charge of their TV. Conferences are in charge of their game times, if, or ESPN's in charge of everybody's game time. Uh, so the NCAA, the only overarching thing that the NCAA has right now is their rules committee. And yeah, I mean, what? I mean, do you see that go away? Do you see these? Do you see this alignment and the SEC or whatever the SEC becomes having two different rules? Possibly, you know, maybe they put the maybe, hey, Scooty, maybe they do the whole. Canadian football thing and put the goalpost in the uh, front of the end. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Well, but you can certainly see them having the, like, does it change immediately? I don't know, but you can certainly see them 
having the leverage to start to just push the boundaries on all this stuff. I mean, we, well, we've been saying forever. I mean, ever since we started getting together to have the show, we always comment how it feels like the NCAA is constantly playing catch up and just trying to keep mm-hmm. up with things that are going on, especially in the football side of things. So none of that feels far, you know, like a far out idea to me. And I, I mean, and this is a, more of a soapbox thing right here, but I, I, in my opinion, the only way for the NC, one of the only ways for the NCAA to survive right now is to get some new leadership because that's been the issue, you know, in Indianapolis for a long time is that leadership, Mark Emmert, that team that's leading the NCAA right now has not done a very good job from, you know, from... From sanctions that they put has, on schools. Has Bill to, Self? What has happened with Kansas? Right. Have they ever Bill's, done anything yeah, with right? that? Snoop Dogg no. and the strippers? What do we got? Yeah. What do we got? Nothing, right? And so that's the problem. And so, like, the NCAA has to have some leadership change in order to make it, you know, at least a little more, I don't know, the, the ability for them to survive. I will also say, guys, like, what do you think about – so, like, t- talking about the SEC thing, like, how do you feel about WVU going – to the SEC, you know, ACC. We talk about the ACC, and and I think it might have been Johnson or somebody I heard uh, said that if WVU went to the SEC today, they would be the fourth largest revenue generating athletic department in the ACC today. So, like, we look at you turn the other side, you look at the uh, SEC, and we're we'd be near the bottom, and we'd you know there some of the schools in the uh, SEC are huge, and we're always going to be huge. Yeah, but I think Scoot, I, I don't know what your opinion. I'm jumping in here, but I you know my thought is you constantly. Uh, I'm a big believer in like just putting yourself in those situations, and then you and then you push yourself to grow, and you get bigger, and that's how you sort of you know, exercise and expand your abilities too. So to me, I I would almost, um, I would almost think it would probably just like going to the big 12, it would probably be painful at first, but I, I can see us because just, just for all the reasons you guys said, I think from a fan base, from the enthusiasm, our fan base has for, for, you know, football and basketball, I think they would start to fit right in. I think geographically you've already got some, now they're not teams I'm particularly super excited about as opposed to some, some form, you know, some traditional rivals. But when you think about, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, some of the proximity we have to some of these schools, it feels like it could be a really, you know, something you fit into and then you grow and then you have, you have a lot of opportunity in for sure. For me, I'm, I I think it's amazing. It would be for me better than the ACC. I do think, like Johnson says, we grow into that conference. Uh, I don't think that when we jumped from the Big East to the Big Twelve that they were the same. And a lot of that is the money, right? So the Big Twelve paid more. We had to take a little time before we started seeing that full share. But I think that over time helps um, equalize some of the deficiencies that, you know, some of the areas that we might be deficient uh, in the athletic budget and in the facilities. I think the money will help that. Uh, I would be thrilled to play the bottom feeders of the SEC because they're closer schools to us and you can develop uh, a hatred, a rivalry. uh, (laughs) You can develop some some healthy, some healthy hate for those schools is what you're saying. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I mean, I like LSU. I might learn to hate them though, because sure. we play yeah. them year in and year out, and and they're not that far. It's not a crazy. I mean, 
yes, Louisiana is not a next door neighbor, but it's not a crazy trip like it would be to go to Lubbock, Texas. I can't hate Lubbock, Texas because I don't care enough about Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> I I could hate, you know, Baton Rouge or I can hate uh, Nashville and Vanderbilt. I could hate those schools. Well, see, this is what you guys do to me, though. You get me all lathered up. Now I'm talking about how much it's going to be fun to play in the SEC, and I, I completely forget about how pessimistic I am as a Mountaineer fan, and I have to bring myself back to reality and remind <laughs> you guys how nervous I am about this whole process and how, if I'm being honest, even though this all sounds wonderful, and to me that would be like – and that's kind of what I said, you know, a few minutes ago, like, how crazy is it that I went from like, please, just the ACC, just please let us in to now, it almost feels like a more realistic thing that we could be ushered in with this, you know, like if the SEC goes to mm -hmm. grab more teams, it, it just it seems so crazy like, to me. But that's we where could I'm at. be a good grab. Oklahoma State could be a good ticket for us. in. so let's say they throw yeah. this like, hey, uh, you can't take Oklahoma without taking us. Well, you don't want to go to an odd number. Let's take WVU. You can even right. out the even you know east and west. Uh, somebody out there in Twitter put out this pod idea, uh, and I think they yeah, actually pods grabbed. Pods are like the hot. Don't you feel like pod is term. like the keyword the right now? Like, why are we calling them pods? <laughs> pod? Hasn't been used this much since like two thousand five so when stupid. like iPods came out. Like We're all I read like, about now is scheduling pods lately. Like, <laughs> is it because they're they're comparing us to peas? I don't why know. Are we we're like, why are we everywhere pods? I look, it's four little peas in a schedule. Why can't we just pod. call it this? Why can't we call them groups? Anyway. Well, but what I started to say, let me, let me finish my thought there, because if I'm being honest, and so I, I want you guys to tell me what you're thinking. If I'm being honest, if I'm just saying, if you said today, like, what is your outlook on when this all plays out? Where do you think WVU is? I think I'm, I'm still like 35% optimistic, 65% really worried. If I'm being honest, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm just being I got, honest. I got to tell you, I'm probably in the higher, I'm in the seventies, eighties of, of, I think we're going to be okay. It's of optimism. I think that, I mean, I, I'm not saying the ACC is out. I think the ACC could still happen. Maybe the big 10 does something crazy and starts adding schools. I doubt that, but it could, um, I, I, and the SEC thing, like we've talked about here, is I think super realistic. And like, so for me, it's like you look at WVU and you look at what's left, and you've got Oklahoma State, WVU, Baylor, are three schools that are left in the Big Twelve that are gonna are gonna end up somewhere. Well, and, you know, and think think about Guido what Baylor just like the NCAA infractions committee pretty much just came out and said. We agree that what went on at Baylor was so ridiculously awful. Like we we agree with that, but it actually is not something awful that we govern. So there's not a whole lot we can do of it. Like you know uh, yeah, that right. was kind of crazy. Like that's the kind of stuff Baylor has going on right now. And and Chip and Joanna Gaines. I think yes, they do have Chip and Joanna Gaines. I think WVU will land safely in this. I don't know where. I'm not sure. I I believe I have a ideas, but. I think W. I don't know. I don't see how WVU ends up. They don't end up in the AAC. They don't end up in conference. USA. Wouldn't it be There's amazing no to play Kentucky, Tennessee, and and Vanderbilt in our grouping? Yeah, I'm not calling, in our I'm pod? Not calling it a pod. Scoot in, in our, our in our pod. Like, and you play year in year out those guys. Then you sprinkle in some of the other schools every other year or something. Yeah, I'm that's fine with amazing. That. Let's do it. You want to play South so, Carolina? Sure fine right i think it's gonna be awesome i think it's gonna be great well, i hope you guys happens. are just right be patient, i mean i'm on i'm on board i'm just nervous 
Like, who's the dog so, of that conference? Missouri? That's probably the yeah. one school I'm like, eh. Miss, Mississippi, uh, oh, uh, Mississippi State sometimes. I'm okay playing them, though, because it's like at least, I don't know, it's got that southern, old southern feel to it. Missouri yeah. kind of has this, we call ourselves Mizzou. <laughs> the show me states. Yeah, like we don't know how to spell Missouri, so we just throw some kind of Z or t- a couple Zs in there, and right. I forget the R. We'll just we don't know where it goes, so we'll just skip it. So let me ask you guys this: uh, in you know, with all of this going on, head coach Neil Brown has uh, has been doing great at recruiting for the 2022 class. Great at recruiting. Right now, depending on which website you look at, if you look at Rivals, we're in the high teens. If you look at uh, 247 Sports, I think we're like 22 nationally. So like, depending on which site you look at, we're in, the, we're in the top 25 nationally for our 2022 recruiting class. He's got four stars. He's got like three or four four stars. Doing a great job. Does How much or does it at all affect that recruiting with this conference realignment well you gotta wonder does i'm sure shane Lyons and neil brown talk often so while shane Lyons might not be able to say hey i know 100 percent for sure we're going to end up in x conference so i gotta believe neil brown has some sort of sense or feeling that it's it's going to be all right because he's got to sell the school and he's got to sell where we're going to land. And that's hard to do when all the other college coaches are going to be like, you want to go to WVU? They don't even have a conference in two years, you know? So there's got to be something where he's been given uh, some assurance, I'm sure, from, from Shane in the athletic department. Hey, we're going to be all right. You just keep promoting and we'll, we'll the, the announcements will come out eventually. Well, Guido, I think for one thing, it should put everyone in the fan base at ease because I think it says that they're already able to recruit at a high level, keep commitments, you know, in in dear confidence in guys that are coming in with that conversation already going on. You know, I think I think we would already be seeing a huge effect in our recruiting for this class if people were really super scared and the coaching staff wasn't doing a good job of of scoping that in and, and, you know, managing all of those expectations. So I think it's remarkable that we're having one of our best recruiting classes in the middle of all of this. And and with you, and you say that, and I agree with you, Johnson, what I was kind of going to get at with it was like, even after all this stuff broke loose and in Texas and Oklahoma made their announcement, we still sign a four-star linebacker, Trey Lathan, Lathan, uh, out of Miami. You know, he, he skips some of those schools that he was looking at, that were SEC, ACC schools, and he picks WVU. And I can't help but to think that, like you said, Scoot, like head coach Neil Brown had to say to him, listen, I've been, I, we know what's going on. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to be playing good schools. You don't need to worry about it. You need to come here. I totally um, agree. Guido, on that list, where where is Houston ranked on the recruiting <laughs> list? <laughs> I would think that it's, that's, let's take a look at, at Rivals' recruiting list and see where Houston ranks. I'm going to guess they are not in the top – 25 i'm gonna say they're like 90 80 to 90 90? they're not in the top 50 my guess is between 80 and 90 oh they are not in the top 100 okay so last time we checked guido can you tell me uh are they fairly secure in their conference like there's no question that they're they're potentially in a conference that's going to fall apart correct i don't they're not in a conference that's going to fall apart i know they've been I know the, their name has been thrown around as a 
filler for our current conference. But so then you would think then that would be a, a promotion, a, pro, a something you could promote if you were a recruiter, That's right? That's true. That's so true. there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the top 100, correct? So what you're saying is that we're in a better place with head coach Neil Brown as opposed I mean, to head coach Dana. I Holmes. I am one that has been very vocal about my trust of a climb and how I'm afraid of heights. But I think we're in a better spot than than where Dana is and left us. So yeah, then it, absolutely. It, it leads me to believe I never doubted that Neil Brown's a great guy. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great recruiter. I think he is a leader of men. I think all of those things. What I don't believe in is the current quarterback situation. <laughs> That's what I don't believe in. And if that were to change, I believe I would be on the climb, but I'm not yet. I uh, call me I doubtful. You. I think that when you know, and we'll talk about it. Our we'll starter talk about got it replaced more. in the bowl game at halftime, and he's like given the green light to just, hey, you know what? Let's forget about that. Let's just go ahead and call you the starter to start the season. <laughs> I want more of well, a competition. We'll talk about it more next week when we do our 2021 WVU football preview show, which is uh, a week from yeah, this week. Save that saltiness uh, for next week. Save, Scoot. save that saltiness for next week, Scoot. And we can have our battles then. Uh, but I feel confident about where the school is heading. I feel confident about what head coach uh, Neil Brown is doing. A couple more things we, we need to mention. Uh, as Johnson always says, as we always say, once a Mountaineer, always a Mountaineer. And former WVU head coach and legendary Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden passed away uh, since our last show. Kind of kind of sad to hear in some ways, you know, as much as you may or may not like uh, Coach Bowden uh, and the fact that when, you know, he went to Florida State, I, I do, I, after thinking about it and we tweeted out a couple of things and we read about it, it was kind of funny to think about that his last win as a head football coach for Florida State was beating us in that bowl game uh, back in, what, 2009? Yeah, that's right, the Gator so, Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that was his last win. So he beat, you know, he beat WVU is his last win, and but uh, passed away, uh, you know, after a long illness at what ninety one years old. So uh, sad to sad to see that Johnson. Oh yeah, and I think he was always um, good about being vocal about what West Virginia meant to him and what coaching at WVU meant to him. So I think people. You know, I think if you were in the moment, you know, if you're if you're part of the older generation that was rooting for WVU in the mid '70s and he left, you, you know, certainly you were you weren't you weren't endeared to him then. But I think history has proven that he's he's always been remained an ambassador for the state, and people have you know people remember that. So so it was uh, it was terrible to see that, and there was a, a lot of outpouring of tributes to him, and a lot of people, um, you know, that were familiar with his days at WVU that put some nice stuff out on social media. Uh, good, you know, good to see some of that love out there, including WVU put, put some great stuff out there, but uh, Bobby Bowden uh, passes away uh, at the age of 91 on August 8th. Uh, other things just to talk about the little WMU or WVU cleanup stuff. We announced a three game series with Ohio uh, and that's Ohio University, not Ohio State, guys. Uh, 2025, 2027, and 2029. Uh, the second and third games are going to be played in Morgantown. So, you know, non-conference, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything now. It's still five years, six years away, but, you know, 
that's something to think about. And then uh, we should talk real quick about some basketball, specifically NBA stuff, guys. Uh, two things. Congratulations to Joe Mazzulla and Deshaun Butler. Did a really good job coaching the Celtics. Uh, Joe Mazzulla, head coach of the Celtics during an NBA's summer league and took them to the championship game but lost. But more importantly, a former WVU player just got drafted by the Knicks, put on a show in the uh, in NBA's summer league, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He's been having some wonderful games. I mean, I think he was five for five from three the other night. I think had 23 points. I mean, he's been – Deuce's Deuce has really been on fire. I mean, he went ahead and um, confirmed his contract, you know, so he's fully in the mix now. And even uh, – I think even Coach Huggs showed up at a game recently to to support him. So he, he couldn't be doing better – uh, and the Knicks as an organization, I mean, they've been their social media has been super, super big on promoting Deuce and, and getting stuff out there, advertising him. So, I mean, it's just it's cool to see. Good for him. I think he's he's having a blast and you can see it in his play. He's uh, he's doing great. Yeah, pretty, pretty he, awesome to, to see that. He averaged 15 points a game uh, in summer league, which is pretty good. Uh, the Knicks summer league team, I thought, looked really good. I watched the game and uh, Deuce and Quentin Grimes. Uh, looked really good uh, playing together. I, I think what's different from what I've watched him is his outside shot. His outside shot is a lot more consistent. He's always had that 15-foot mid-range jumper, but the the three and, and how consistently and how quickly he's releasing the ball on the three is what I've noticed is a little bit different. His release right now on, on the three uh, is – is pretty impressive and it almost and I don't want to I'm not going to say they look the same because they're not the same but I feel like Sean McNeil has a pretty quick release on his three-point shots he often shoots him contested I think that Deuce can also do that and not that he didn't couldn't do it before but in the Knicks preseason summer league I'm seeing that a lot more so it was uh, good to see you know what I noticed, Scoot, you brought the you, you, when you said it right there. You notice when watching some of those highlights uh, of NBA Summer League ball, uh, just about how lacking though it is in defense, and how those a lot of those threes were very uncontested. Right, there were a lot of like, man, he's open or he's got. There's not a guy within five feet of him, and he's making these shots. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to like belittle anything that he did. I'm just saying that you know college ball just seems to be played a lot tighter than the NBA is. It's there's so the man-to-man defense often allows for for some open spot. Like, listen, if I play man-to-man defense now at age forty plus, you're gonna get a lot of open, uncontested shots off me because <laughs> yeah. my rear end is probably still on the offensive end. Like, I haven't gotten back yet on defense. So given the space, you get given some of that now. Out. Granted, the summer league is typically younger guys trying to make the roster. But there is still some of that, um, like you said, so I, I would call it maybe, uh, if, if we were in France, maybe a laissez-faire. A laissez-faire attitude towards defense. A laissez-faire defense. In other WVU basketball news, uh, Johnson's super excited about this. His favorite player is returning to WVU. Johnson Spencer Mackey is back. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, so Johnson Spencer Mackey comes back as a uh, grad assistant to uh, the strength and conditioning uh, side, the strength coach, which, Scooty, does Spencer Mackey look like he would be a strength and conditioning coach? I mean, maybe he wears those shirts, uh, what are those, uh, Mack Weldon shirts or something where they they don't, I don't know, they hide 
some muscle or something. I don't know what. That's what it is, right? He's got some shirts that are hiding things. Maybe he's cut. I don't know. He might be cut up. Yeah, so Spencer Mackey, who who uh, entered the transfer portal in uh, early July, announced that he is returning to WVU. His mother posted a tweet where he bought a house or a condo in Morgantown, and he stays in Morgantown as an assistant to the strength coach. Maybe he's more on the conditioning side than he is the strength side. Hey, everybody loves Spencer Mackey. Let's just get this straight, all right? I mean, I want to see him carried off the court even as the strength uh, assistant yeah. strength yeah, coach. Yeah, I was getting ready to say regardless, he's going to be a fan favorite if he's near if he's anywhere near the team. He's he's yes. people are going to be happy that he's there. So. And one final WVU thing before we take a break, guys. Alec Manoa continues to in press in Major League Baseball, Scooty. He is the first pitcher since 1901 to allow four hits or fewer in ten straight starts as a uh, as a rookie. So that's um, that's impressive. That is just what's what's impressive to me. He's got. Um, I always knew he was a big guy, but if you if you look at him and just build his build. He kind of strikes you as, and there have been a lot of successful pitchers his size or, or what appears to be his size, like a Lance Lynn, Roger Clemens. Those are two guys that right off the top of my mind are similar build to mm-hmm. to Alec Manoa. Even, and I know he's not as big as C.C. Sabathia was, but C.C. Sabathia earlier in his career was a big guy and, and very successful. So, um I think that will help him because I think those all those guys have had some longevity to their careers, and uh, I think a lot of the speed off his pitches is probably generated from his leg strength. So, uh, pretty impressive stuff. Nineteen oh one. That's uh, that says something, I guess. If you've done something for the first time since nineteen oh one, yeah, first, for, yeah, it's. I mean, and he's looking good out there, and he's almost now. You know, the ace of the Blue Jays, which are a competitive team in the East. There's Most of them are in the AL East except for one, but we won't talk about that tonight. <laughs> uh, and so, guys, listen, let's take a break. We'll come back with a Bluff the Fluffs. We've been taking off Bluff the uh, Bluff the Fluffs for the summer, but we're back, and uh, we got a good one. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, check us out on the social medias. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears or find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Guys, it's been weeks. It's been episodes since we've done a bluff the fluffs. I mean, you have to be feeling a little empty. I, I can't even imagine you guys remember which one of you is in the yeah, list. I, I was point. just I getting am. ready to say that. I don't remember. I'm in the lead. I can tell you. I'm in the nope, lead. Nope, you are not. You are not. It was tied before the last one. It was 7-7, but then we did our last Bluff the Fluffs was about candy in West Virginia, and Johnson won that. So now Johnson has the lead, 
eight games to seven Boom. over Scoot right now for 2020, 2021. Feels good, Scoot, to be in the lead. All right, so Johnson leads, and uh, this week I felt like we had to have a good bluff the fluffs. And, and we've done a lot of West Virginia bluff the fluffs, uh, my home state. We've done a lot of uh, bluff the fluffs for Scoot. Well, he did one bluff the fluff for Scoot's home state of Connecticut, and I thought it was only fair. I'm not participating. That we do a bluff the fluff. I'm not partici- for Johnson. I'm not participating. I'm not doing this for Johnson's home city of Winchester, Virginia. So here's a little bit of a bluff the fluffs <laughs> about the city of Winchester, Virginia, where Johnson was born. No, it's not my home city. It's not my home city. I mean. You were I mean, born false. If I look at your birth certificate, what's it going to say? It, I was born in the hospital there. I was brought immediately home <laughs> to my actual home. That was, mean... in West, was, that was in Wait, West Virginia. Wait, you were the same day? I mean, or yeah, I mean, you, you stay, had a couple you, of days stay, I think, right? A couple right? of days, yeah. I mean, isn't, aren't you a resident? I mean, I was, native uh, son. Of, You're of a native state? son. I mean, I was Winchester. zero years old at the time, so I don't remember, but <laughs> like. You might have been zero uh, years, but you were two days. This is hate. This is hateful. This is this feels attacking. <laughs> You're just worried that you might not know as much as I do about your home city. Yeah, I mean, let's just find out, Johnson. Uh, how yeah, much? Well, you know. likely I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Very likely. Well, as always, just remember and bluff the fluffs. A correct answer is worth five points. A steal is worth ten points, and final bluff is worth. 25 points when we were in the break we had a complete and total random flip of the coin and johnson came out first so uh johnson what the you heck? get to go this must have happened when i went to go get a drink i think the fix was in <laughs> so johnson congrats you get to go first this week uh you know because i mean it, it also helps because you know it's your home it's your hometown so so here we go first question johnson is to you before being known as winchester it was called Fairfaxville, Old Martinsburg, Fredericktown, or South Cumberland? Old Martinsburg is hilarious. Um, <laughs> can you say that? I kind of got like mentally screwed up there for a second because Old Martinsburg is funny to me. Fair, Fairfaxville, Old Martinsburg, Fredericktown, or South Cumberland? I'm going to go with Fredericktown. That's correct. Five points to you, Johnson. Right off the bat, I mean, he knows a lot about his his uh, his, his hometown. Scoot. How funny would so, it if it was Old Martinsburg? That would be pretty funny. <laughs> uh, this whole time, you know, I, I wish we had the rights to music because the perfect intro for this bluff, the fluffs, would be Springsteen's "My Hometown." <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have that playing in the background while you answer these questions. Yeah, none of that's true. All right, Scoot. Question two is back is to you for five points. Correct answer. In 1983, this event caused a 20-year pollution cleanup in Winchester. Was it the city's sewage plant exploded? The city tire dump caught fire and burned for nine months. The Capitol Records vinyl pressing plant dumped toxins into the river. The Rubbermaid manufacturing facility caught fire. Ooh, well, uh, you being the big uh, record guy, I'm not going with the vinyl. I'm going to go with uh, the tires catching on fire. That is correct. Yes, the city tire dump caught on fire and burned for nine months and caused a 20-plus year cleanup in Winchester. And Johnson shakes his head because he remembers. Yeah, cause I, it was I, just, I knew that. Yes, I knew that because I lived in proximity to there in the state of West Virginia. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, congratulations, Scoot. You get five points right there. And Johnson, this next question is back to you. The Winchester Royals are a member of the Valley Baseball League, an NCAA Major League Baseball summer-sanctioned league uh, for college players. What former four-time All-Star and two-time World Series winning pitcher played for the Winchester Royals? Was it Jimmy Key, Jack Morris, Andy Pettit, or Rob Dibble? Hmm. I hate Rob Dibble. So I'm going to go with Andy Pettit. Sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, was it Jimmy Key, Jack Morse, or Rob Dibble? Okay, so um, I'm going to talk this out a little bit. Rob Dibble is uh, from Southington, Connecticut, which is not too far from where I'm from. His brother was actually good friends with my uncle, so I I don't think it was Rob Dibble. Jack Morris is old and just got in trouble, and so I think that's why you put him in as an answer. So I'm going to go with Maryland's own Jimmy Key. That's correct for 10 points, and Scooty takes the lead 15-5. to Yes, Jimmy Key, who won World Series with which two teams? Can you name them? Uh, He won a World Series with the Yankees. Yes, and? The Blue Jays. That's correct. Very good. Very good. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so uh, no, Rob Dibble, knowing your uncle, had no relevance <laughs> to anything. You just wanted to say Rob Dibble knew your uncle. I just want to point that out. Uh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. All right. All right. So Scooty gets the steal, steal right there and takes the lead 15 to 5. And Scooty, this next question is back to you. What famous female country singer is from Winchester, Virginia? Is it Kathy Matea, Patsy Cline, Dolly Parton, or Reba McIntyre? Well, that's a good question. I, I'm going to say that based on Johnson's poster collection that uh, he had in his, his childhood room, uh, it's Kathy Matea. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Johnson for 10 points. First of all, Kathy Matea, by the way. Odd that he had all those posters. Kathy Matea, by the way, from West Virginia, from Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, So you're sorry, you're wrong. She's from West Virginia. Uh, This person's from Winchester, Virginia, Scooty. Uh, And Johnson, is it Patsy Cline, Dolly Parton, or Reba McIntyre? Scoot, often getting people from West Virginia confused with uh, people who are not from Virginia. Uh, Guido, that would be Patsy Cline. That's correct. With some confidence, Johnson answers that. Uh, good, good, Johnson. Good, Johnson. He's probably walked that. by her statue many a time on the town square. <laughs> and Johnson, you get ten points right there, and uh, you tie it back up with Scooty, fifteen apiece right now in the Winchester, Virginia bluff, the fluffs. And uh, Johnson, this next que- this next question is back to you. My hometown, do do do, Johnson. Brian Benben is an actor born in Winchester, Virginia. He played Sheldon Wallace on Private Practice for years, but was on a 1990s HBO sitcom. What was it? Was it The Larry Sanders Show, Dream On, Arliss, or First and Ten? Hmm. A 1990s HBO sitcom. Um, I'm going to go with The Larry Sanders Show, Guido. 
I'm sorry, that's incorrect. He was not on the Larry Sanders show. Brian Ben Ben, born in Winchester, <laughs> Scooty, was on which 90s HBO sitcom? I don't even was know if it? that's a real guy's name. Yeah, I mean, Scoot, that's ben right. Ben? I mean, you're, I totally agree. <laughs> Whose last name heck? is Ben Ben? And I've never heard yeah. of this guy. I know every actor in America. He like, was on, was he on Dream On, Arliss, or First and Ten? Uh, well, uh, I'm going to have to go with the only show that I've ever heard of was the Larry Sanders show. So I'm going to go with Arliss. All right. First of all, that's incorrect. First of all, you don't know Arliss. Arliss was a great yeah, show, by I the didn't way. Have HBO, first and 10, I'm, a, I'm a man uh, of the people. I, he played <laughs> he played Martin Tupper. He played Martin Tupper on HBO's sitcom Dream On for seven seasons. So there you go. Johnson, he was Man uh, of the born in, in Winchester. All right, so nobody gets any points on that Good one. For, well, he's up, so he's he's uh, you know the Ben Bens, Johnson that lived down the lane. The Ben Ben family. You're not familiar with the Ben Bens? I'm not familiar with the Ben Bens. <laughs> I mean, they're very notable in the in the town. <laughs> oh yes, the Ben yeah. Bens. Very All right, Scooty. Family. Next question is back to you. Still tied at fifteen apiece, uh, Scooty. What? college is located in winchester virginia is it james madison university winchester state university fairfax college or shenandoah university shenandoah university very good i didn't know that you would uh, be so confident i've spent a little bit of time in johnson's hometown oh okay all right that's good to know all right, so Scoot now going into final bluff. Scoot has the lead, 20 to 15. But don't worry, folks. The final bluff is worth 25 points. Johnson, you're not out of it yet. Uh, so you all you have to do is guess the right answer, and you get uh, 25 points, and you beat Scooty, and you regain the love and knowledge of your hometown. Okay. <laughs> As we always do with Final Bluff, we ask you guys to buzz in, and we ask you guys to have some buzzers. Scooty, what is your buzzer this week? My hometown. All right. And uh, Johnson, what's your buzzer? Martinsburg. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So, uh, So there we go. All right. Here we go. James Clayton Eubanks is from Winchester, Virginia, and attended WVU. What is he famous for? Is he currently leading the Bassmasters Tour in Fish's Cot? Being one of the top players of Call of Duty in the world? Is the current king of the Shenandoah Apple Blossom Festival held annually in Winchester? Or a driver for the Gravedigger on the Monster Jam Truck Series? My hometown! (laughs) Scooty... For 25 points and the win. Uh, I'm going to say he is the driver for the Gravedigger. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. He is not the current driver for the Gravedigger. Johnson, is he on the Bassmasters Tour? Does he play Call of Duty professionally? Or is he the king of the Shenandoah Apple Blossom Festival? I'm going to say he's the king of the Apple Blossom Festival. 
Oh. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. You're wrong. Fishing. No. He is currently one of the top players of Call of Duty. Oh, my gosh. That's the last one I ever thought to pick. Really? Yeah. He went to WVU. He's on whatever the New York City professional Call of Duty team is. Wow. I did not know that. They call that. Yeah. James Clayton Eubanks. Wow. This is from uh, Winchester, just like you, Johnson. Went to WVU, just like you. And he plays Call of Duty, just, just like, like you. you do. So. It must be the thing I you mean, do. Just like, yes, just <laughs> like, you guys are right, just like me, you're right. All three, all three unmistakably just like, yes, right, sure. You guys are triple threats. Scoot, it's a Winchester thing, we just don't understand. Yeah, we don't get it. Yes, we don't get you're it. right. Oh, congratulations, Scooty, on the win. You now tie it back up with Johnson, eight games apiece. How did it feel to beat him in Winchester, Virginia? Uh, trivia. Well, it's uh, a little sad. It's a sad day because um, I would like to think that you know uh, Johnson's hometown holds a special place in his heart, and for me to wedge a a put a wedge between that that relationship, I can't believe you've given pains him the floor me. to lambast on on this. No, it, like I can't believe you've given him the it the pains me. Because I know all of his friends and family back home in Winchester, uh, rooting him on, were yeah. are sad now. It must be tough. They they feel like uh, you know their their uh, favorite son is they're, downtrodden. Yes, they're twenty minutes. They're all twenty minutes north. You know, Scoot. I feel bad uh, because Johnson hid from us so long the fact that he was born in Winchester, Virginia, and the moment that he shared it to us, I think on a previous episode of this podcast, uh, it just it was kind of from there. It's just been a joke. We can't let. Yeah, him. Uh, so. I find it hilarious. Very, very, <laughs> very. <laughs> Very apologetic, Johnson. Well, listen, let's take a break. We're going to come back with uh, everybody's favorite segment of Got Your Ears On, a little segment that Scooty likes to do called I Can't Believe My Ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior the Weekend Warrior, and the Outdoor Warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. This is Rex Shinohara. You're listening to Got Your Ears Off. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. Johnson, it's kind of like the hub of everything about yeah, us. Yeah, so we're still uh, faithfully posting each show in show note form uh, on the website and blog form. And we also have our link to the merch store if you want to check that out. If you want to support us uh, with some of our pullover guy uh, merchandise, and we also post... The link to uh, the latest show, audio, right there on the website. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. Got your ears on. Dot com. Well, every week we uh, well we haven't actually for weeks we haven't let Scooty 
go out on the internet. It, it fries his brain. It's summer. We're trying to make sure like he kind of recoups and, and gets back to semi-normal. But this week, we let him. We let him go back out on the internet and find the most random thing he could find. It's a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. What do you got for us, Scoot? Well, I got a question for you fellas. Um, as, as guys that are confident in themselves and also uniquely different, uh, do you guys have tattoos? I do not. I am not inked up, Scoot. Okay. So are you a... Wait, wait. Scoot, Scoot, do yeah, you have a tattoo? Yeah, hold on now. No, I got no tattoos. No tattoos. Okay. I don't believe no, it. No, I don't. I don't believe I don't. it. But yeah, okay. uh, right. are you opposed to tattoos? Probably not, right? I mean, no, maybe I, not no. for you, but for I've others? I've considered it. Yeah. I've considered I mean, it. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Okay, so I've asked you about the tattoos. Now let me ask you another question. All right. Okay. Uh, do you guys... Eat fast food. Uh, I mean, I could speak for Johnson with the fact that Chick Fil A does count as fast food, and he eats a ton. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when was the last yeah. time you went to McDonald's for either of you? Ooh, that's that's, that's been a I long mean, time, actually. It's I I would say it's been I've gone at least once out of convenience in the last year, probably. Okay. It's been would a long you... time for me, Scoot. I mean, what about you? That that's I haven't been to McDonald's honestly in a long, like a uh, long, long time. Last week, I think. Okay, last week. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Okay. It's West Virginia. Come on. What do you order? Where, I'm getting. Scoot? What's your uh, order? Uh, two cheeseburgers, always. No pickles. No pickles. Wait. You can keep your pickles. Wait a minute. You so you put in a special order item when you yes. go to McDonald's? Okay. Two right. two cheeseburger meal, no pickles. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sometimes a large fry, sometimes not. Just depends on how hungry I am. A sweet tea, always, <laughs> always a sweet tea. Not that half and half dishwater that you like, Johnson. But anyway, I divulge and I, I, I digress is what I mean to say. Not divulge. I digress. Okay. Okay. So you're not opposed to tattoos, and occasionally, occasionally you guys go to McDonald's. Would you say that's fair? I'm not. Oppo- yeah, I would say I'm, I'm not, not opposed. Yeah, to McDonald's. I'm not opposed to it. Sure. Would you be more inclined to go to McDonald's if you could get a face tattoo like one boy did when he went to a tattoo parlor or slash McDonald's <laughs> in Wait, South Carolina? So you're telling me like when I go to like a Long John Silver's uh, KFC, there are such things that are like Tattoo Express slash McDonald's out there? I didn't know this. Yeah, apparently there was a McDonald's in Lawrence, South Carolina where... Uh, one of the workers was, uh, I, I guess, delivering. How do you? What do you do when you're performing? You're not performing a tattoo. You are producing, inking, inking a tattoo yeah, right? on patrons if they so were so inclined. But that's usually. Uh, I mean, that I have so many questions about this suddenly because that's usually a process. I mean, granted, I normally have to wait absurdly long in the McDonald's drive-thru, but is it like that long that uh, I'm getting a full tattoo? Uh, apparently, uh, this guy named Brandon Presha of Lawrence, South Carolina, uh, was charged with illegally tattooing and underage tattooing after police learned that a minor received a tattoo, and it happened at a McDonald's in Lawrence, South Carolina. All right. I mean, do I order, Guido, do I order the McTat? Like, how do I even do <laughs> that? And, and yeah. what if I told you it was on the kid's face that he gave the That feels rough. That like, anything? I mean, it, that feels, yeah, it feels like a bad decision. So you go to, let's say you go to your local McDonald's, right? Yes. I know in your mind you probably know the closest McDonald's to your house, right? Okay. Both of you do. Yeah. You walk yeah. in and there's somebody delivering a tattoo to people. 
Do you stay? Do you no. continue your order? Do you walk no. out? Yeah, Do you I mean, feel that's not a, like so when I when I when I roll through the doorway of a McDonald's, there is a certain level of things I expect to be going on that is not one of those things. I probably do a heel turn and head back out. Yeah? No? I, I think mean, I think I think I continue. No, I don't. I don't think that would be. It doesn't feel like a very sanitary McDonald's. Right. I'm just gonna. I mean, go, as long as he's like, not serving me. I mean, still doesn't feel sanitary. Don't. I mean, you know. it's just it's weird. I, that's. Like there's supposed to be food things going on there, not non-food things going on there. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what do you? The think? best part is, so Scoot, I pull up the article to read it while you, uh, after you kind of give us the information. the be- The best part is, is he was filmed wearing eyeglasses, protective eyeglasses, gloves, a mask. He had a mask, a COVID mask on, while he gave the tattoos seated in the at a table in the middle of the restaurant. Wow. So let's say you are Gus Herb. And uh, Lawrence, <laughs> and you've just come you brought over. brought your pickles brought, with you. You brought your pickles and your chopped onion with you. Right. For your, you know, your your little meal or maybe even your breakfast. You're going to have coffee there with right. the fellas before shuffleboard. Yes. What do you do as you walk in and Brandon Precious giving tattoos to a kid's face? Yeah, I feel like... Uh... I feel like there's people there wanting to speak to a manager pronto, right? I mean, like, yeah, that's there's causing well, an uproar. And then you got to wonder now, what's the manager doing. Now, Scoot, here's the thing, Scooty, you're not asking the right question because we're talking about Johnson here, right? So you have to ask the right question, Johnson. If on your lunch break from work you went to your local Chick Fil A, which I'm sure is very close it to is. you, and you walk and you walked in. And there was a man in the middle of the Chick-fil-A piercing, uh, uh, say, somebody's navel. Would you continue to order your chicken <laughs> sandwich? Ma- you're making this, somehow you're making this worse. I didn't think this could be worse. You're I mean, somehow making it turn worse. Would you? Scooty is getting his navel pierced <laughs> oh, in the middle God. of your Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Are you still getting your Chick-fil-A sandwich and waffle no, fries? That's what no, I want. I'm not. Would you? Would you're you I'm leaving. Would you swear off all Chick-fil-A's or just that Chick-fil-A? Well, I mean, this is kind of in bizarro world, right? Because, like, you're telling me we go from not serving on Sundays because we're observing to suddenly giving out tats and piercings? Like, what's happened to you, Chick-fil-A? You've turned to the dark side. I mean, I think you stopped going altogether. Knowing you, I think you would write them off and you would just be a uh, Chipotle guy. Yeah, I mean, I think you set me up a bit with my opinions on tattoos and stuff because this is taking a turn. I mean, if it's happening in the, like, out in the, what happens if you go to Chipotle and there's a guy like in the middle of the Chipotle getting his hair cut by well, somebody? I mean, look, Ooh. let's face it, there that could be going on. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like let's be, let, like, just step back a second. Like, I don't know. Let's, let's talk that about actually it. could be going on. I, I don't know, but I am a Chipotle like lover. But I mean, I'm like, it, obviously, that could be happening. I don't know. And you would, yeah. Still I mean, I'm still Chipotle. getting a burrito haircuts, bowl. Haircuts yeah, are good I'm still getting a burrito bowl. Yeah. Now, Johnson, <laughs> I know this is a little off base because we've kind of turned this farther away. But while we're talking about it, um, I know you you've got a fan of the show and a fan of WVU that that would sometimes not. I don't want to say mispronounce names, yeah. but he other pronounces names he he yes other pronounces other other how does he pronounce like chipotle oh that's chipotle all day and chipotle yeah okay. i knew there, there had to be an alternative yes. pronunciation there chipotle? That's chipotle 
I would have thought maybe Chipotle or something. Maybe I'd like to see a Chipotle. Nah, very Chipotle. I like We've it. We've met at Chipotle multiple times. Well, Scoot, thank, thanks uh, thanks for the uh, Can't Believe My Ears. I'm excited the next time I go into my local McDonald's well, to see what kind yeah, of activities knows, are happening. If you guys at, at some point get tattoos, I'm going to ask you if you got them at McDonald's. Absolutely. All right, thanks, Scoot. Uh, as always, I'm glad that you have the internet back in your hands to find interesting stuff for us to talk about. Well, listen, guys, we'll be back next week with another show, our football preview show. We'll be talking about the team coming up, our thoughts, how much we love or hate the quarterback, and um, maybe what our predictions are for the season. So uh, look for that uh, next week. And don't forget, you can find us everywhere out there online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears, and also find us on Facebook. Facebook and check out our website, gotyourearson.com. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. <laughs>